0: up everybody welcome to another edition of drive for show dfs for Doe here on roto grinders justin van zoon Derek farnsworth with you as usual breaking down another golf tournament just a couple events left until the fedex cup playoffs on the pga tour that uh, that gets started next month so we'll see uh, who can make their move up the fedex cup standings to try to make it into those uh, playoff events that start in a few weeks. Uh, of course, a little bit of a recap here of the 3M Open from last week before we start looking ahead to the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit this week. So, uh, first, I'll bring in Derek and Noto. How you doing?
1: Yeah, doing good. It's uh, an exciting time of the year. We've got NFL around the corner. Uh, a lot going on in the NBA offseason. Who knows? Uh, with KD and Donovan Mitchell, so uh, you know that's going to be a fun over the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned the FedEx Cup playoffs, a lot of money up for grab. We got another live event this week, so uh, even more PGA Tour golfers have headed over there. Uh, so yeah, a lot going on uh, as far as the three M goes. Man, uh, I can't believe I played Tagala over Finau. I just it felt wrong at the time. My model disagreed with me. Uh, and I did it anyway. So, uh, my week wasn't great. Um, hoagie was really my only bright spot. I had the entire discord playing some hoagie and there were sandwich gifs just flying everywhere. It was pretty fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was one of the only times I didn't bet fee. Now I almost always do uh, longer odds, but he was one of the favorites last week and didn't do it and did play him quite a bit in DFS, but, um, you know, it was just one of those weeks where, of course, he finally gets it done and, uh, and I, I wasn't on him with the betting card. But uh, it was just an odd week. A lot of chalk that uh, didn't perform well like the first day and kind of deteriorated that six to six percentage with the Gala that you mentioned and, you know, quite a few others as well.
1: Yeah, man, I was feeling pretty good uh, after Friday morning. Goddard made that huge comeback. Uh, so I just needed steel and, uh, who else was it, uh, Tigala, and uh, both got off the good starts and then just fell apart. So, yeah, a lot of chalk busted. Riley was another one. Yeah, Riley was Riley was a painful one. Kim kind of made a comeback. Uh, it was the first week of the Fantasy Golf World Championship. Uh, my friend had a seat, so I was watching it pretty closely. And Kim was 75%, I think, in that thing. Wow. Don't I mean, it was think like the were... top
0: half moved on, right? So it was like a cash. Yeah.
1: I think there were three or deal. four guys over 50%, which is uh, – Pretty crazy, but, uh, yeah, uh, so, yeah, that should be a lot of fun for those that first uh, live final, I think, for golf.
0: Yeah, so they narrowed that down. That'll get whittled down here over the next couple of weeks uh, to get to that final field uh, uh, when they when they get to that third or fourth stage, whatever it is. Um, but uh, it was a crazy leaderboard on uh, the weekend last week at the 3M. Scott Piercy had, what, a five, four or five-shot lead headed into Sunday. Uh, But he was only, like, minus 145 to win uh, because, I mean, Piercey hadn't really been in that good of form. Uh, We know he tends to kind of blow up at times, and that's exactly what happened. He held the lead. Pretty steady round on Sunday, headed into that back nine. uh, But uh, a tough bogey at 13 and then barely got his ball out of the bunker on 14 and then hit his third shot into the water. Ended up being a triple and after having a four-shot lead headed into Sunday, he ended up finishing four shots behind Tony Finau. I uh, saw some tweets about maybe Greg Norman will let him in to live now because that was a Norman-esque <laughs> performance. <laughs> but uh, it was a tough uh, tough Sunday, I'm sure, for Piercy.
1: Yeah, it was kind of funny. So I was in a, a text chain with uh, Dan, current Roto-Grinder CEO, and Cal, former Roto-Grinder CEO, and they were asking me, if minus 140 was a good number uh, to bet in before, you know, he teed off. And I said, oh, he's gained 11 strokes putting. I don't really have a strong take. And, uh, and then he was on hole like 11 or something. And Cal was like, yeah, we're looking good, Dan. And then uh, from that point on, uh, that's when he fell apart. So uh, all the blame goes to Cal for that one.
0: <laughs> uh, he ended up with a fourth place finish, which I'm sure felt pretty empty kind of like a bad beat in a GPP, you know, in the Millie maker, but you end up uh, maybe finishing fifth or sixth <laughs> and you just uh, fall out of the, you know, fall out at the drop of a hat. But uh now was the benefit beneficiary of it. The might've won even, you know, without that collapse, he ended up winning by four. So uh, Sung JM ended up coming up uh, for a T2 finish and Grillo as well. Both of those guys had some ownership last week. Uh, Hoagie who you mentioned uh, also up inside the top five. So, um, uh, Callum Terran was another one I thought was pretty interesting, a little bit wayward on the weekend, but ended up finishing tied for seventh. uh, Danny Willett, Callum Taren, Grayson Sig all tied for seven. So, uh, kind of a, a, an interesting mix of, uh, you know, the, the top price guys and then, uh, some under the radar guys last week. Now I thought Doug Gim was going to be there at the end and I was real salty because I didn't play any Gim. Uh, but he ejected on the, the back nine on Sunday as well, five over uh, on his last seven holes of the tournament. So I uh, didn't feel too bad about not playing my boy Gim. But interesting leaderboard last week. Any other takeaways uh, for you?
1: Yeah, that final group finished uh, 71, 76, 77. Uh, you're not going to see that very often uh, on a course. It's pretty easy. And uh, I guess we should talk about Fino. I who mean, was the third? There...
0: Piercy Gim and who
1: was the third? Uh, Grillo. He he shot the 71. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so Finau, I mean, he went out there and won it, but he got a little lucky there on 17. Uh, If the grandstand wasn't there, it would have been in the backwater. Hits off the grandstand, bounces all the way across the green and just lands, you know, six inches from the front of the water. He would have had to, you know, go to the drop zone, and, you know, that's not an easy shot even from the drop zone. And then, Hits his uh, driver on 18 into the water. So, um, you know, he gets the credit for getting over those Sunday blues. But, uh, yeah, you can't do that um, in a bigger tournament like a major. So hopefully you'll learn from that. And I think that's all the takeaways from me. Uh, Callum Taron was on the foreplay pod. He seems like a great guy to hang out with. Uh, he was awesome on there. So uh, I'm, I'm a fan of his, and uh, I think he's in the field this week too. Yeah.
0: Um... Yeah, he's in the field again this week. i uh, going to put him in my GPP article, I believe. But uh, interesting story. You mentioned the grandstand. I, I had a, a head-to-head first-round bet. Um, and I was kind of looking through some first-round data, and they played in the afternoon when the conditions were supposed to get a little bit worse. So I, I took the safer option. I took Smotherman over Hardy. played a lot of Hardy in DFS, so I kind of hedged that. I played Smotherman over Hardy in round one, head to head, and it was like Smotherman was like plus one ten, I think. Um, but and the first day was the day that 18 played real difficult because of where they put the tee box and where they put the pin. So 18 played as like the second like par five played as like the second or third hardest hole on the first round, and so Smotherman was a hole ahead of Hardy, and he finished at plus one, and Hardy was at plus one going into 18. So a par on 18 and it's a push Hardy birdies 18. I lose Hardy bogeys 18, which a lot of people did. Then I win. and after Hardy's first shot, there was no activity on the shot tracker for like 15 minutes and everybody else finished their holes out. I'm like, he's got to be in the water because that's usually when it freezes. It's he's in the water. And then all of a sudden the shot by shot data on the website, it says drop in right rough. I'm like, all right, he hit it in the water. It's a penalty drop. No, he hit it in the grandstand, and so it was a free drop, and he was right by the grandstand, and then he hit his third shot from way over by the grandstand to, like, four feet, made birdie. I was just sure he was in the water, thought it was going to be a bogey, thought that bet was going to be an easy win. Not only not a win, didn't even get the push. After the 15-minute delay, he somehow did not have a penalty stroke, and uh, they were just trying to figure out his drop from the grandstand, and then he made a birdie. So that was pretty tilting when it comes down the last hole like that.
1: That's super funny because my friend had him in his fantasy golf championship lineup and he's texting me. Why isn't it updating? Why isn't it updating? I'm that so uh, he was sweating it the opposite way you were, but uh, yeah, he was pretty happy when it said shot three to four feet or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was because it even said, usually it says drop in right rough or drop in left fairway for a second. It said drop in drop. That's what it said on the play on the play-by-play it just, said drop. And drop. Too, I'm like, yeah. man, maybe you hit it in the water twice. <laughs> You know, maybe he's gonna make like an eight here, and then he ended up making a four. I was really pissed. Um, it, you- it was just just the the mechanics of how it all worked out, and I was just I was sure he was in the water, but it was uh, uh, that was a good story, I guess. By the end of the week, but uh, and he ended up needing all that. I mean, to to kind of squeak through the cut line there. Uh, if he would have made a bogey or, or worse on that hole, he probably wouldn't have made it. So, uh, all right, enough about my uh, failed uh, Nick Hardy bet. And we'll move on to a new week. Rocket Mortgage Classic, fourth year of this tournament at the same golf course in Detroit. Uh, One of the easier courses on tour. I believe it has the lowest double bogey or worst rate on tour. So just not a lot of hazards here. Uh, Unlike what we saw last week where there was water all over the place. Not going to see that this week. So what do we have for a course this week?
1: Yeah, that's a good note about the, the double bogeys. Um, very few of them out there. There's only one water hazard on the course. There is like that drainage ditch that goes through a couple of the holes, but I think you can play out of it um, unless it's, you know, full of water. But um, par 72, 7,370 yards. Uh, the fairways here are pretty wide, and you're going to see a lot of drivers. So um, I do think off the tee matters. I would prefer distance over accuracy. But if you're gaining off the tee, I think that makes, uh, you know, putting yourself in good spots. The greens are pretty small, but they're really easy to hit. Over 75% G.I.R. over the last three years, which is one of the highest on tour. So, uh, yeah, easy to hit fairways, easy to hit greens. Not a lot of trouble out there. Going to be a lot of birdies for sure. And this is a better field than I think we've ever seen at this event, too. So I'm really expecting some low scores. Uh, The par fives, three of them are reachable by most of the field. And then there are four under 400 yards. So um, those will play pretty short, too. The uh, greens themselves they have a mix of poa and bent. Uh, if you do like looking at playing splits, and that's pretty much all I'm looking at. Uh, you could look at Donald Ross designs as uh, some comp. He tends to have similar characteristics in his courses, uh, but that's pretty much it for me. Just give me some bombers and birdie makers and good putters. You're gonna have to make a lot of putts this week.
0: Yeah, and it's a course that you know there are some trees and they try to make it seem a little tight. A lot of dog legs, uh, but if you're long off the tee, like you can cut some of those dog legs. We saw Bryson overpower this course. He was one of the winners here a few years back. So uh, this is one of those, one of those courses where there's a few different ways to play it. I mean, the shorter hitters can still contend, put it in the right spots off the tee, get yourself some good angles and, and you can make some birdies, Uh, but you can also try to, you know, power it down, uh, cut some of the dog legs and, you know, get yourself a, a lot of really, really short approach shots. So uh, interesting kind of dynamic with the type of golfer. I think really anyone can su- succeed here as long as, you know, you're you're uh, making some putts there, like you mentioned, and, and making birdies. So, all right, uh, let's dig in. The pricing, not quite as soft on DraftKings as what we saw last week, uh, but still somewhat, uh, somewhat soft. We've only got four guys above 10K this week uh, and then another five above 9K, so nine total. I think last week there was only seven or eight above 9k uh so we've got cantlay um seems to be kind of the class of this field finau coming off a win zalatoris a little bit of a wild of a wild card and then cameron young coming off that really impressive performance at the open so uh, what do we make of the top four here
1: yeah i mean from early ownership it kind of looks like everyone's gravitating toward cam young Uh, i mentioned a lot of people like the bombers this week that he certainly fits that mold uh, he's a pretty good putter as well. And uh, last time we saw him, you know, we finished second at the Open. So I think a lot of people are going to go there. Um, people don't like playing the last week's winner, so that will help Finau's ownership. And then Zalatoris, you're going to have the narrative that he doesn't play easy courses that well. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to pay Cam Young, and it's hard not to like him, really. Um, he kind of checks all the boxes for me. I think Cam is the safest option of anyone up here. And uh, I'll go back to Finau. I don't know. I kind of want to play out four, but I think I need to X out one. And right now I'm kind of leaning towards Zalatoris just because I don't know if he can make enough of those uh, putts to finish 22 under or whatever the winning score. Yeah, it's
0: definitely a thing for him. I mean, I, when's the last time you've regretted not playing him on a course that plays yeah. to, to 20 under? I mean, um, I've tried to kind of go against the grain with that a few times and just it's, it hasn't worked. So, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm in agreement that this week – this will probably be the time that he does, but I, I mean, he's just hard to trust on a
1: course like this. Yeah, get him on a difficult one, and you feel great about him. Uh, you don't have to look at his stats or anything, but uh, he, he himself just says he doesn't really like the easy courses nearly as much. So I uh, just got to trust uh, his opinion. He knows better than we do.
0: Yeah, and Cam Young is probably that guy that if he wants to take the Bryson approach and try to overpower the course, um, you know, it, it makes sense that with the way he was driving the ball at the open, uh, it was, it was pretty crazy, uh, to see how well he was driving it and, and he was out driving yeah. Rory on the, uh, on the final round. So,
1: um, speaking yeah, of, if, speaking of Bryson, this is where he broke the stroke gain around the green short game approach model, um, because he kept hitting it so close to the green on all the par fours that, uh, it was, going well, that's right. he just had no approach stats. So, um, uh, yeah, kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I was, uh. Uh, pulling up the the shot by shot from that uh, tournament so uh, and that was let's see that was two years ago two years ago that uh, that he won it so a 23 under Um, but okay so the first round on the I was just gonna do the the drives here I'll ignore the par threes but the first round the first hole his drive was 345 so he had 59 yards in uh, the second hole, his drive was 322. That's a longer one, so he still had a wedge there. Third hole, his drive was 348, and he only had 50 yards. Uh, fourth hole was 344. That's a par five. Sixth hole, uh, that's a two-shot hole for everybody. Seventh hole is a par five. Hit at 341. Um, see the eighth hole, he missed the fairway. Tenth hole hit at 317. Was only 100 yards out. Twelfth hole hit at 330. is only 130 yards out uh 13th hole he basically drove the green 354 yards he's only about 10 yards off the green 14 he hit a 376 on a par 5 had less than 200 yards in 16 hit a 336 only had 120 yards in 17 par 5 hit a 377 had less than 200 yards in you get the picture he's just putting it inside you know 50 yards on a lot of the the shorter par 4s getting all the par 5s in two and you know, Cameron Young, with if he, if he drives the ball like he did in Scotland at the Open, I mean, he could play that same same approach to this course.
1: Yep, and he's uh, pretty good around the greens, too. Uh, I would say his approach is probably, you know, the worst part of his game. So, yeah, I really like the the mold for, for Cam Young this week.
0: Well, we'll see how he uh, tackles that. Uh, it be interesting to see how he plays some of those holes. All right. Uh, otherwise, I think we're pretty much in agreement on that range. We move down into the 9K range. We've got Max Homa. Cameron Davis uh, was a pretty popular play last week. And is he the defending champion here? I believe so. sir. Sure. Um, we've got Adam Scott, Keegan Bradley, and Kevin Kisner rounding out that 9K range. And Noto and I have talked about this enough. Kevin Kisner is always going to grade out horribly statistically, <laughs> particularly when he's 9.1K. And... Almost every time in these spots, we just say, well, he's not good statistically. We're just going to X out Kevin Kisner, and then Kevin Kisner goes out and finishes top 10 again. Uh, He mentions he loves this course. He's finished top 10 here the last two years. I'm going to throw the stats out the window. I'll just play Kevin Kisner on a course that he likes and uh we'll just deal with it and see how it goes this time so i'm ignoring the model data this time i'm gonna play kisner at 9100 and it feels gross but uh you can talk about the uh, 9k options
1: yeah i'm with you uh we talked about it there's like six or seven courses you just play him even when he's expensive um i mean he's 41 so uh the the books don't want to take too big a liability on him and, yeah, he just – he just he has those vibes. And uh, when he has the vibes, he tends to play well. You mentioned the back-to-back top tens. Played pretty well at the Open Championship too, T21 on a you know, course where a lot of the Bombers played well. So I like the form coming in. I like the history. So uh, I will be on him as well. Uh, love Max Homa up at the top. You know, he's a really good putter, especially on Benton, Poa, Greens. Pretty much has a complete package. Uh, he's two for two here as well. And then everyone else just feels overpriced to me. Um, I'd rather go up into the 10Ks, I think. Nothing against Cam Davis, but, I mean, he's $800 more than last week, and he's this much better field. Adam Scott, I just don't know if he has that much upside. Uh, I don't know if he cares about these events. He's, you know, come out and said, similar to Kisner, he cares about, like, eight events a year. Keegan, does he make enough putts to, you know, finish 20 under? I don't know. So, yeah, I like Kisner at the bottom uh, and Homa at the top.
0: Yeah, I don't like much else in this range either. Um, you know, Scott, at that price, I'm definitely out. Um, Davis, it, just some weird stuff, you know, with being the defending champ and the responsibilities that go along with that. Um, you know, not a position that he's obviously in all the time. So um, I, I just I worry about him this week as well. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think I'm out on most of the rest of this range as well, outside of uh, certainly Kisner. Uh, Homa is is fine at the top, though he will be popular. All right, let's move into the 8Ks. Uh, Some of your favorite options in the upper part of that range.
1: Yeah, the top you have Matt McNeely. Historically, he's played long, easy courses very well. And he finished T49 last week, which doesn't seem great, but he missed a 3-footer on 17 on Sunday, and then he put a 9 on the board. Uh, on his final hole. So uh give him those five strokes and he's like T twenty, T twenty five, something like that. Uh so I like Matt McNeely quite a bit at eighty eight hundred. Uh I don't know what to do with Zigala. Um, you know, I was I was telling everyone to play him last week. Obviously he missed the cut. Most of it was due to the the putting, but I, I don't know. Uh it seems like a good course fit for him. And I liked him at last week's course. So I should probably like him again this week. Uh, Riley, similar spot, good bounce-back opportunity uh, for him, probably going to give him a little bit lower ownership than last week. Tringali has the best strokes game per round of anyone at this course over the last three years, and he's so volatile. He burned a lot of people uh, last week too. So this is like the range where – This uh, is the
0: range of guys. Everybody disappointed last week, like yeah. McNeely, the bad weekend, Tigala missed cut, Riley missed cut, Tringali missed cut, Hadwin squeaked through the cut and didn't do anything. Like, yeah, all these guys – uh, had and all of them had fairly popular ownership last week as well. So I think with a lot of these players, you can use the same logic on. You know, you, you're going to see some people kind of shying away from this whole range, and other people maybe going back to the well with a couple guys. Um, you know, I think in terms of upside, DeGala and, and Riley are, are probably my favorites. If you liked DeGala last week. You got to you got to play some DeGala again. I'm not if not that you have to play them in a you know single entry or one lineup type of build, but. MME. you can't skip out on him.
1: I think so too. What are you doing with McCarthy at 8,900? That just feels too like too much to me.
0: Yeah, it it is. Um, I don't know. He'll probably be one of the last decisions I make whether to keep him in my player pool or not, but it's uh, birdie fast where you got to make a lot of putts if he gets hot and we know he can. So uh, yeah. if he stays single digits, I, I might end up, since I don't like a whole lot in the 9K range, I might end up keeping him in there.
1: One other guy I wanted to bring up, Webb Simpson, uh, best in the field on Donald Ross designs. Uh, we got the Windham next week, which is also a Donald Ross design. And uh, he finally started playing a little better. And then he you know, became really chalky the last couple of tournaments, missed a cut by one or two, both at the open and uh, one other one. Uh, John Deere Classic, I think uh, Devin's got it pulled up on the screen. So I think he's interesting at 8,300. Looks like he's going to be sub 10%. Uh, we know he can make a ton of putts, and he tends to you know, play these type of courses well.
0: Yeah, don't mind that call, and you're getting some guys in the single digits here. Um, Henley is another one. You, uh, you can see I've got him tagged. I haven't put my write-ups in there yet, but uh, we're, we're obviously taping this on Monday night, and we don't have everything loaded in the system yet. But uh, he's not having his best season by any means, but Henley still, if you look last four months, five months, six months, uh, Data still near the top of this field in approach play. Uh, so if you got to hit it close and make some birdies this week, I don't mind going to Henley at relatively modest ownership as well. Uh, anything else on the 8Ks for you?
1: Uh, Mark Hubbard, he has gone T13, T4, T3, his last three starts, and he gained 11 strokes ball striking his last time out. Um, Hubbard's a short game specialist. So if the ball striking shows up again, uh, I think he could be real interesting.
0: He withdraw last yeah, week. But did. that was like well in advance of the tournament, right? I'm just trying to yeah. remember. I,
1: yeah, he wasn't so. even in the player pool.
0: Well, I think he was. I think he was, but then they then see because he still has an out next to his name. Uh, withdrew prior to last week's three. I'm open. Yeah, it was well it came out like Monday, midday, right after salaries got released. So you can ignore DraftKings still has him listed as out. On the, if you're actually going to build lineups, but uh, that was uh, from last week yet. So Hubbard is in the field as of now for this week. All right, let's go ahead and move into the 7Ks. Last week's uh, popular play that we mentioned earlier, Ju Young Kim, Tom Kim, is uh, back in the field this week and seems fairly cheap there at 7,600. Uh, your thoughts on him and some of the other high-end 7K plays?
1: Yeah, continues to play well. Um, It's hard to know what his skill set is at this point. You know, he's gone a couple rounds where the ball striking has been great and then a couple rounds where the putter has been really good. So uh, I think you kind of just buy in on the talent. I think he's top 35, top 40 in the world uh, thanks to that great run on the Asian tour. So I'll play some Kim. He's probably going to be popular again. Uh, At the top of the range, I really like Chris Perk, just another guy that's having a really good season. He's made a, a posted a bunch of top 15 finishes. Doesn't really have a weakness in his game anymore. Um, he's a good story. He's got back to back top 25s here. Uh, and he's eight, eighth in my model. So uh, 21st most expensive on DraftKings, 18th most expensive on FanDuel. I think he's one of the better point per dollar options. Um, but it's cost. What, so what he did you say he know.
0: is in your model overall? Eighth?
1: Eighth in the model, yeah. And the, the nodal rating should update soon. I uploaded them. I don't know. Some on the back end.
0: Yeah, check back uh, if you are a premium subscriber. And what you can see on your screen is what you can get in lineup HQ, all the uh, finish probabilities. And you'll notice that uh, some players have that information the NOTO rating, cut probability, win probability. Those are for players who also played last week. So those are still last week's numbers showing. The players that don't have any numbers there and just have the dashes, those are players who did not play last week. So uh, we'll get this week's data. It should be up. Usually it's populated by the time Tuesday morning rolls around. So it should be in there soon. And uh, you can check out all that and sort by those columns if you like. Uh, Cameron Champ, another player who last week Uh, if you had Cameron champ, it was a lucky horseshoe week for you birdied his last three holes to make the cut on the number and then had to uh, sweat the cut line, not moving in the afternoon. So three straight birdies to make the cut. Um, you know, if if you follow the bomber angle, I suppose he's fine. Uh, though I don't play him a whole heck of a lot. And, uh, I don't know. I don't really have a strong take on him at 7,600, but uh, was just an impressive made cut from him last week. More players who kind of disappointed last week with Brennan Steele down here at the lower part, uh, right at 7,500, uh, up's pretty cheap this week at 7,400. Another guy who can, he can hit it plenty long off the tee, uh, Nick Hardy, who we talked about last week, a lot of these guys, uh, are relatively underpriced compared to we see some of the top end guys are more expensive than they were last week. Uh, A lot of these guys aren't. Doug Gim was in the mix last week. If he would have ended up with that top five finish, uh, probably be a little more popular than than he's going to be. So uh, anybody you like in particular at the bottom part of the 7K range?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Champ. He's really interesting. Uh, Definitely the bomber in the field. And he's a really bad putter overall, but he'll have those weeks where he gains like eight strokes putting just out of nowhere. Um, So I I think he's an interesting guy to play in MME. Certainly not a guy you want to trust in single entry. I like the still bounce back. Um, It was all putting. I think he lost six strokes putting last week. So uh, don't expect that to continue. I think he's in a good spot. Um, Pendrith in his first start back finished T13 at the Barbasol. Uh, We know he's long off the tee and can putt well. So I think he's interesting. I like Troy Merritt. He's played this event very well over the last couple of years. And at the bottom, I have a little interest in Alex Smalley. We always play him. We always talk him up on this show. He's been playing some great golf. I think he's got three straight top twenty-fives, uh, and three of his last four. And one of them was at the Scottish Open, which I think was uh, you know even more impressive since he probably doesn't play a lot of links golf. So he's interesting. And then at the very bottom, I've got to go back to Patrick Rogers. Um, anytime we get of uh, course, as long, he gained a lot of drivers, and uh, he's a good putter. So, uh, yeah, I like Patrick Rodgers at 7.1 as well.
0: If you want to play the angle of some guys who played well last week, I mentioned Callum Tarrant at the top of the show, who just got off to a little too slow of a start on Sunday uh, and Saturday, or he could have been in the mix, still ended up with a solid top 10 finish. Uh, Grayson Sig, another guy who played well last week, Faded just a little bit on Sunday, but uh, another top 10 for him as well. So those are a couple guys right now. We've got Sig at 5% ownership. We've got Taron at 9. We've got Rogers, who Noto mentioned, at 2% ownership. So uh, you can spread out your lineups a little bit here at the uh, the bottom. Um, Adam Svenson is still grading out as somewhat chalky. What do you make of Svenson this week? He was another guy that pretty much ejected last week.
1: Well, at this point, I'm having a hard time, you know, trusting him to make those eight footers um, in a budding contest. So uh, ownership dependent. I'll probably have a little bit in my pool, but uh, not a guy I would trust like I did last week. A couple questions, questions. Uh, any love for Thor Bjornsson, um, talented amateur, fifth in the you know amateur world golf rankings. And when we saw him uh, at the Travelers, T4, um, he was right there in the mix towards the end and then uh, kind of blew up on the par five. but. He's interesting at 71, and then uh, also a question on Harris English, who, I mean, certainly underpriced for the talent level. We just haven't seen a lot out of him since he's come back from injury.
0: Yeah, I'm probably out on him until we see some results. I think Thor Bjornson is interesting. Um, I, I, I'm curious to see if he becomes the cute play that everyone ends up on by the time we get to Thursday. Like right now, we got him at 2%, but I've seen his name bantied about in a few spots already. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of wait and see approach on him. Uh, one of those spots where if he's chalky, I'll probably pass. If he ends up being, you know, 5%, probably, I think you can play him in multi-entry for sure, uh, but wouldn't make a, a single lineup for me. Um, Stuart Sink, another guy that had a fairly solid showing last week as well. So uh, lots of plays here in this kind of 7K to 7.5K range that you can use uh, to round out your lineups. Michael Glick, Glick, uh is another guy that uh, you can make an all Canada lineup down here uh, and, and get quite a few names that are, are, are either have some upside like Pendrith and Svensson or have been playing, you know, some better golf. Uh, Gligic had a good week, uh, top 20 finish, I believe last week. So uh, that rounds out the seven K's and again, a lot of options in there and it's another one of those weeks where once you get under seven K Um, there's just not a ton to love. And in fact, I'm scrolling through it right now. I think under 7K right now, we don't have a single player above 3% ownership. And again, it's a function of there's not a ton to spend up for, not a lot to feel great about at the top end. Uh, And so it's really not necessary to get super cute down under 7K, particularly since there's a lot of strong plays in the 7 to 7.5K range. So is there anything that stands out to you amongst all these cheap guys.
1: Not really. Similar to last week, the six K guys just really rate out as poor point per dollar options, which usually isn't the case. So it just goes to show that uh the talent level really drops off down here. But uh David Lipsky is 6800 He's missed a lot of cuts, but he uh you know also does have some upside. Uh Nate Lashley. So he won here in the the first year they played it but I went back and looked at his game log. In his last uh, 18 events, he's either finished top 30 or he's missed the cut. So, I mean, typically you want upside out of these 6K guys. So uh, if he's going to make the cut, he's going to finish top 30. And then Lee Hodges has gained 18 strokes ball striking in his last four starts, which I think uh, is better than you're going to find most from, from most guys down here. So 6-800, I like him and Lipsky, and then maybe a little bit of Lashley as well.
0: Yeah, I might sprinkle in Lipsky as well. I usually play him uh, when he's, you know, he had a few weeks where he was chalky, um, and I don't mind maybe sprinkling him in when he's a little bit lower owned uh, at, at that price. Otherwise, I don't have anybody um, down here. I am going to be living in the lower 7K range for mo- most of my um, roundout players for my lineups. Or if you've got lineups where you want to be aggressive with the spend-ups at the top, Uh, maybe you go with, you know, uh, two guys at 7,100, 7,200, and that functions just the same as punting one spot. So that seems to be the better approach this week. So, all right. So we've got the Wyndham championship, another, uh, Ross design next week, as Noto mentioned earlier, uh, that is the last event before the FedEx cup playoffs. Then we'll have the top 125 uh, and ties, I believe, or top not and ties, top 125 in the standings, uh, starting off the playoffs at the FedEx St. Jude in a few weeks. Then they'll knock it down to the top 70 in the standings for the BMW, and then the top 30 for the final event at the Tour Championship, uh, which rounds out the month of August uh, before we get rolling with the final year of the wraparound schedule. Uh, before the PGA Tour is is making a bunch of changes. But one more year of the usual fall swing um, that gets us into September and the fall season. So we'll be back next week to break down the Wyndham Championship. Uh, until then, Noto, anything else before we get out of here?
1: Uh, we have a couple of listener questions if we want to kill sure, somebody.
0: go for it. Yeah, I didn't have that pulled up, I should do that now. All right,
1: so uh, Harry Brandt, longtime viewer of the show, I think he's uh in the fantasy golf world championship looking to advance uh to the top 40. So good luck to him. So, what the, um, so they
0: got it down to what the top 50
1: and then the, the top 150 top, top 40 after this week.
0: And so, so this week it's more you got to finish 40 out of 150, and if you get top 40, you're in the finals,
1: right? So, right, uh so. Who do do you like for safe options for a single bullet lineup?
0: You know, it's interesting because I don't know how safe, like 40 out of 150, you got to finish in the top, almost the top quarter there. Um, So I I don't know. I think people will still maybe play that a little too safe and you're probably going to see a ton of chalk end up. Uh, That's interesting as to how to play that when you've only got like one lineup through there. Um, Like, would you play that like a cash game?
1: I would I, I would play it like a cash game, but with like two pivots probably.
0: All right. So who's I the one guy I you do. gotta play in a cash? In well, I
1: would game? I would play it like a single entry uh, GPP probably because that's. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys with like 15 entries in this, so they're probably gonna you know mix it up a little bit. I think. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but he got all 15 through. Peter Gibbons, I think, um, just amazing to get that many through. But anyway. Really safe options that I'm seeing. Kirk and McNeely kind of stand out right off the bat for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you start with either Cantley or Young. Um, I don't have a strong take on, you know, wh- which one of those two. If you don't feel safe with Young, then start Cantley, But I think you start with one of those two guys. And then you can mix in those guys that Noto mentioned, you know, maybe a Tringali or something like that as well. Um, and then find yourself one or two GPP pivots. So... I think that's the the thought process for me.
1: I like it. And Tringali, he's going to be very low-owned in that thing, I would guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'd probably be 8%, yeah, 10%. But he's generally safe enough. Yeah, and, no, I, like him. I mean, that's the type of pivot that I think you want. Yeah. Generally safe enough and somewhat lower-owned.
1: All right, and then last question. Uh, what about Danny Willett? Currently 135th in the FedEx Cup. So playing for his card a little bit over the next two weeks.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I tried playing him a few weeks back and he got like dead last. It was like plus six or something like that. So uh, I think I'm out on Willett, but that's more of a bias than anything. I'm probably not the person to ask about him.
1: <laughs> One positive is he's a great putter and uh, he has played here, looks like all three years. So I don't know, the last two years, finished fourth in 2020. So uh, you can make a case for him as an MME guy, but no, nobody I would play in, you know, three mags, five mags.
0: Uh, robbery in the Discord sat, chat says eat the hoagies. Yes. Uh, so uh,
1: so we'll, uh, so I said I'd eat ten hoagies if uh, hoagie top ten. He was supposed to eat six in, in an hour. I don't have a I don't have a time specification on mine. Ten.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let everybody get to the sandwiches, and uh, with that, we'll get out of here. So thanks to Devin for producing for us behind the scenes. Thanks to Noto for joining me. I'm Justin. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Good luck with all your lineups, everybody, and good luck to those of you who are in the uh, semi-final, shall we call it, of the Fantasy Golf World Championship. Good luck in making it to the final round next week. So with that, we're out of here. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you later.